Now, uh, the fourth one, the role of the woman in the marriage. And uh, for this, you know, and you don't have to turn to it, but for this, you know, it's, we go back to the familiar passage in Genesis chapter 2, verse 20, where you find the first marriage, Adam and Eve. And you find that uh, when God gave Eve to Adam, and we've talked about this many, many times, that uh, the Bible calls her a help meet, not a help mate. And there's a big difference between a mate, M-A-T-E, and a meet, M-E-E-T. And animals have mates, but animals don't have help meets. A help meet is someone that God gave to Adam because he gave him the woman to help him meet the need or meet the accomplishments that God had for him. And he needed a counterpart in that. He couldn't do it by himself. And yet we know that because of sin and sin coming into the world and the devil coming in and wrecking it, we know that uh, she is the weaker vessel at this point. Back in Genesis, it wasn't so before the fall. They were on equal footing. And um, they, uh, they both had a, uh, a desire to God to themselves. But First Peter chapter uh, 3, verse 7 talks about the fact that, the, that she is the weaker vessel now because First Timothy 2, verse 14 says she was deceived in the transgression. So from that point on, the Bible says in Genesis 3.16, now her desire is to her husband. What does that mean? It means that everything that she has, everything that she gets, everything that she needs, her desire has to come from him. And uh, there, there is no way around it. I wish there was. Look, I'm a man. I'm a husband. I don't like it any better than you do. I wish there was a way around it that you could blame your wife for problems. It would be a lot easier in life, but it simply won't work. And when you do that, you simply show your inability to understand that uh, the model in the Bible. And, uh, you know, as I said many, many times, I've got a guy talk about, well, my wife's, you know, it's, this is her problem. And I always say back, no, it's your problem. It's not her problem. It's your problem. But they fail to understand that. Her desire is to her husband, from Genesis chapter 3, verse 16, right up to where we're at today. Uh, but her role, even though we're in a fallen state, and even though uh, her desire now is to her husband, and she lost that ability, her role is invaluable. And God has a, God has a way of taking every mistake that somebody makes in the Bible and squeezing the good out of it that somebody else gets the blessing out of it, even though it was a terrible mistake. And uh, God had a plan for man and the, back in Genesis, and the woman was the helpmeet to get that plan accomplished. But that failed. So God now allows her to stay with man, and both of them in an unregenerate state, but when she gets saved, and he gets saved, now he puts a man inside her. That didn't happen to Adam and Eve, but now it does. And that man inside her, obviously, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now she has the ability, even though she is the weaker vessel, and she has the ability, even though that the desire is to her husband, and yes, she was deceived, now she has the ability spiritually 
to be back in the play of things to help the man accomplish the plan that God has for him. She now helps the man, the husband, meet the plan and fulfill uh, what is God's has for them as a husband and wife. Uh, the wife will make God's plan for the husband or she will completely destroy God's plan for the man or vice versa. And of course, it's all based on what the husband does. And uh, he's either going to be Christ to her or he's going to be the Antichrist to her. It's just that simple. Uh, the absolute importance of, of finding the right wife and the right husband and then getting the right balance. Most people never look any farther than the physical aspect of what they see. And unfortunately, with young kids today and, and as far as we are from the Bible and all the things that, that uh, go along with it, that is absolutely uh, so um, graphically true. And it's an absolute breakdown and it's an absolute shame. But that's what you have today. And um, the wife also, she will have to meet the three needs of her husband. <clears throat> the husband has the same three needs. He has physical needs, he has emotional needs, and he has spiritual needs. They both have the same basic three needs, which is really the key to a successful marriage. But the failure, the failure and where it breaks down is you don't meet them the same way. A man will look at his wife and where he can blow things off and deal with things. He thinks that his wife ought to be able to do that too. And that is a tragic mistake because she's not wired the same way that you are. You can say something to somebody and and uh, and move on with it and never think about it, or somebody can say something to you and you just you're tough, you blow it off and you move on. You say something similar to your wife and you crush her spirit for you know five or six years, maybe and maybe even longer than that. And it's the difference of understanding that the needs are the same, but they're not met the same way. A husband, he will have physical needs that the wife needs to meet. And again, the best friend concept, all the special times, all of the, uh, you know, that they spend together. Uh, you may minister in different areas many times, but you always come back together uh, uh, in, to strengthen your base because you look at your marriage and your family as a, as a missionary base where you move out to do things. Sometimes you'll do things together. Sometimes you'll do things separately. But you always realize that whatever you do comes back to strengthen your base, uh, your marriage relationship. Bible says that in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31, that when a man leaves his father and mother, he joined unto his wife, and the two become one flesh. That doesn't mean that you do everything together, but it means that you're in agreement on everything that you do as a team together. There will be times when a woman does something over here and a guy does something over here. There'll be times that you have to do it together. That forms the balance. Doesn't matter what it is as long as the core understanding of the system that you're involved in and why you're doing it is in place. The second thing, he will have emotional needs. There will be times when he gets down and needs encouragement of the wife to minister to him. It's just that simple. His needs are different. He can handle things a lot more, usually. And uh, he's a thing where things won't bother him like it will a woman. 
But there will be times in his life when he gets discouraged. There'll be times in his life when he needs the encouragement of a wife who can minister to him and encourage him. Not like Job's wife, who's famous for curse God and die when he's in his, in, in his, in his worst time. But being his number one cheerleader, being the president of his fan club. But again, he must lead her to be this. He cannot expect to do the marriage vows, get a house, move in, and suddenly all this is going to be in play. When you got saved, you didn't grow up to be a spiritual person that you are, whether you're male or you're female. You got to where you're at simply because the Holy Spirit of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, your bridegroom, took you, nurtured you, brought you along, encouraged you, sanctified you, washed you, and brought you to a point in your life where you now follow him. You have got to see that. And that's the key. He, he leads her to be this. He doesn't force her. He doesn't demand it of her. He doesn't intimidate her with it. He doesn't beat her over the head with, you know, well, well you were really a wife, you'd follow me. Most wives are not going to follow bad leadership if she's got any sense to her at all. But guys don't get it. Well, then the third thing is spiritual needs. A wife can be the greatest blessing in a man's life with all the of all the blessings he could possibly have. And this is Proverbs chapter 31, the virtuous woman. She's a great model of a lot of things. When you talk, uh, uh, talk uh, when you take the woman and her makeup and her nature, and then add the man and his makeup and his nature, you get a good balance of what uh, both can do. They both have strengths, and they both have weaknesses. A husband and wife who just point out each other's weaknesses all the time and never focus on the strengths going to have problems. If God just, if I get in the pulpit and I just beat you up all the time on the weaknesses without focusing on the good in you, if God did that, you'd never get anywhere. You have to be able to bridge it together. When I put teams together to work with people, there's always a method to what I do because I know that team concepts will take the older ones and put some younger ones in it. The younger ones will come along, but I also understand that in every team and every group that you have, you're going to have people who have strengths and weaknesses. In this church, there are men and women who have strengths and weaknesses. I have strengths and weaknesses. I look for men and women who can fulfill my weaknesses. And I will try to fulfill the weaknesses in those people's lives. But it isn't somebody standing up here saying, when are you going to ever be like me? It's simply the fact that you realize that people have different makeups. And as long as people are trying to do what's right, doing the best they can do with the Bible, what you do is you use and see the value, as God does, of putting a weaker vessel, the woman, with a with Christ. Hey, Christ may be the supreme architect of the universe, and he may be the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, but I won't tell you something. He could not get done what he gets done without you and me, the weaker vessel. But he does right with that weaker vessel. And by doing that, he exploits our strengths, fills up our weaknesses, 
and the job gets done. That's what you've got to see. That's what you've got to understand. But a husband has to lead his wife to do that. He can't force her to do it. He can't intimidate her to do it. He can't demand it of her. That'll just build resentment and go nowhere. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Then the, second, the third thing here is he has spiritual needs. As I said, the wife can be the greatest blessing in a man's life with all the, uh, the greatest blessing he could have. And when you take the two natures and you put them together, the strengths and the weaknesses, then you have uh, what rakes a really good marriage. You add, the you know, two become one. So you have now only one person in the marriage. So it takes two to have a marriage. The second person in that marriage becomes the Lord Jesus Christ. The two, husband and wife, become one. You got a blank spot. A marriage is two people. That gets fulfilled by the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you have two. And it's simply a really perfect marriage. And I say perfect. There's no perfect marriage in the sense of not having any disagreement. I'm not talking about that kind of perfect. I'm talking about perfect for the Lord. A perfect marriage will be nothing more than a well-balanced marriage. That's what it is. You'll notice around here that in everything that I try to do with you, where it comes to the Bible, no matter what it may be, I try to build a balance to it. Because Proverbs 11.1 1 is the key. False balance is an abomination in the sight of God. When it comes to the Bible, I give you a balance. When it comes to life, I try to give you a balance. When it comes to ministry, I try to give you a balance. Now we're talking about premarital uh, teaching to get somebody ready. And I'm telling you, the key to a successful marriage is nothing more than a good balance. It's just that simple. The failure of most husbands is to try to meet their wife's needs the same way theirs are met. And that is simply a very non-insightful uh, way that a man looks at it. It, it, it. it declares that, and I don't care what he knows about the Bible. That's not, I'm talking about you know, what he applies of he knows to the, to the areas. And the reason why, and very frankly, this is true of preachers, this is true of many Christians uh, who are great Bible teachers or they do a lot of good ministries, their marriages and their families are a wreck, and it simply goes back that it's a lot easier to apply the principles and to give them to somebody else than it is to put them in your own life. And that's just the way it works. It's just the way it works. And the failure of most husbands will to try to make, meet their wife's needs the same way that their needs are met. And of course, that's a, that's a dismal failure. A man is fulfilled by what he does in life. You see it in volleyball, softball, the job force, whatever. <clears throat> Everybody wants to be best and be successful. A man thrives on him being successful in what he does. Just the way God made him. It's not wrong. It's the way God made him. He, you know, if he goes to play ball and he strikes out three times and does a terrible job, he's down in the dumps. If he hits two home runs and gets people out, he's on top of the world. Because he thinks that that is what makes him, and it does, it makes him feel good about himself. If he goes to work and, you know, and this is why guys who lose their jobs, many times, most of the time, not because of anything wrong that they did. They lose their jobs because of this change or this change or we got to cut back here. But it's devastating to them. 
It's devastating to them. You know why? A woman won't take it nearly as hard unless she's a single mom with four or five kids. I get that. But if she's just a housewife someplace and she loses her job, nine times out of ten, she's saying, well, I'm going to enjoy my time off. I'm, you know, I'm just not going to worry about it. A husband will never do that. He takes it personal. He takes it to the point where it is some failure with him, even when it's not, because that's the way he's wired. So he'll look at his wife and he'll say, why don't you just get over that? Why don't you just deal with that? And he's saying that based on the fact that that's what he would do. But that's not the way she handles it. A man is fulfilled by what he does in life. A woman is fulfilled by the husband loving her and showing above all else. Her security is the fact that you're the only one in my world and I love you. And that's, that's where she gets her security. And these two will be, the, will be found in the role of the woman and the role of the man. A man needs to understand that. He can't just say, come on, you know, get up, get going, you know, forget it. That's what the man would do. But that's insensitive because that's not the way she's wired. You know, you meet the same needs in each relationship, but you meet him a different way. Understanding the difference between how a man thinks and how a woman thinks. And when a man looks at a woman and thinks that she thinks things like he thinks and that's how he operates, never going to work. He has to begin to transcend down into her culture, into her world, and understand why she sees the things that she says. A woman and a man, you never think of it this way, but a woman and a man, a husband and a wife, are two different cultures. And it's probably the, the most... Um, it's probably the most hardest culture to bridge. You can go to Africa, you know, and put on a grass skirt and, and, and put a bone in your nose and you're fit right in. But you can't do that in a marriage. I mean, you can, but she's going to look at you really funny if you do that. You've got to be able to, you've got to be able to transcend into that culture. And that's a, that's a harder thing because of the fact that there's so many personal, emotional things involved. Man's pride gets involved. His, his, he, he doesn't have all of the things that Christ in his life that he should. So he, 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 it, it just causes some issues. Uh, I, I think one of the greatest examples that I ever saw of this was a number of years ago uh, when I went to, uh, 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 right up to Raytown South, they had uh, um, a, a football game up there. And, uh, you know, it was, a, I didn't have anything to do, and I heard a crowd up there, so I just walked up, you know, and sat in the bleachers, and it, it was fun. It, was a, it wasn't a, a high school high school. It was more like a junior varsity or something, you know, but there's good little kids. They were having a good time out there. And right in front of me sat a mom and a dad who was a mom and dad of one of the players out there. And, of course, the reason I knew that is because they both had shirts with his name on it, you know, and flagged with his name on it, and shot out flares and bursted with his name on it, <laughs> and did all of the things that, uh, you know, parents do. And he was the quarterback. And uh, on one particular play, you know, they snapped the ball, and I don't know, I don't know much about football, but they, the, everything just went to pieces. And uh, he tried to get away and ran to the, toward the sidelines where mom and dad and I was sitting. I was behind him. And he got there, and he was running with all his work to try to break and get out of bounds or, or make some yardage or make something out of a broken play. And he got hit by about three guys, big guys, that just buried him. I mean, when he got up, he had grass in his face mask he put down so far. And I'll never forget, you could hear the hit and hear the crunch. 
punch <coughs> all the way up in the stand. Here's the, uh, you know, when they just knocked the wind out of it. And immediately, mom and dad both stood up. And mom stood up and he says, oh, they're going to kill my kid. Dad stood up right next to her and said, not a boy, son, get up and give it to him again. See, two different ways they look at it. And I sat there and I thought to myself, that's exactly, that's exactly what I'm talking about. They both saw the same event, but the woman's emotion reacted one way. The man's reaction acted the other way. And that's the way it'll be in life. That's the way it'll be in life. 